98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines, the chief executive Carrie Lam says she's expecting a lot of negative news about the express rail link. Lawmakers call on officials to explain why there appears to be an additional basement at the link's West Kowloon terminus. And a local member of China's top advisory body says he and other delegates are lobbying Beijing to exclude Hong Kong people from a new tax law passed last week. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she's expecting lots of negative news about the express rail link to Guangzhou before it starts running on the 23rd. The co-location bill takes effect today, allowing mainland officers to enforce mainland laws at the West Kowloon Express Rail Terminus. Speaking before the weekly Exco meeting, Mrs Lam said she'd ask government and MTR officials to promptly address doubts and concerns as they arise. Apparently and unfortunately, anything relating uh, to the uh, high-speed train Uh, normally is presented with some uh, uh, worries and anxieties and I don't want this to continue to repeat itself uh, between now and the uh, opening of the high-speed train on the 23rd of September. So I have asked the Transport and Housing Bureau together with the Mass Transit Railway Corporation to provide uh, responses as promptly as possible. Mrs Lam also addressed concerns about having mainland officers working overnight at the terminus and whether this was a different arrangement to the one that was agreed. She said the mainland workers wouldn't leave their designated port area and would return to the mainland at the end of every shift. Pacific Party lawmaker Tanya Chan says the chief executive has failed to explain clearly how many mainland officers are going to be stationed at the terminus and how long their shifts will be. We have no idea how many officials will work in each shift and how many officials will stay overnight. With this, all these informations come from different newspapers. And I don't think this is the right way to do, and I don't think this is a proper governance uh, practices. Ms Chan also wants officials to explain reports of an additional basement level 5 at the West Kowloon Terminus, saying the floor doesn't appear on the design plans. The MTR Corporation has said this level is a backup for maintenance staff to use. Pro-establishment lawmaker Priscilla Leung agreed it would be best for the government and the MTR to offer a detailed explanation. The best solution is for them to explain to the public what is the use of this B5 floor. Is it for emergency, purely for working level or otherwise? Um, I think the government, as well as the MTR, carry the responsibility to explain to the public immediately. Meanwhile, questions still remain over whether the Express Rail Link's co-location arrangement goes against the basic law. Alex Price reports. The law's necessity and constitutional legality have faced much criticism from the public, and the pro-democracy politicians were so annoyed at what they saw as government intransigence on the matter, they used extensive filibusters during its readings in the legislature. The government says the co-location arrangement is the only workable way of allowing customs and immigration procedures to run smoothly on both sides of the border without stopping the trains. Although the arrangement is now law, it still faces challenges. In October, the High Court will hear five combined judicial review applications over its constitutional legality. Local member of China's top advisory body says he and other delegates are lobbying Beijing to exclude Hong Kong people from a new tax law passed last week. It effectively lowers the tax bill for many mainlanders. But Hong Kongers who live or work across the border for more than 183 days a year will have to pay tax on their worldwide earnings. 
Local CPPCC delegate and senior advisor of KPMG China, Peter Kong, agreed the tax law could hamper authorities' efforts to have people settle in the Greater Bay Area. This is the reason why a number of our National People's Congress delegates and Chinese People Political Consultative Conference delegates are doing some lobbying at the moment. What we are lobbying for is an additional clause in the double tax arrangement or in the domestic law to the effect that offshore income, which is not related to their PLC employment or services, are not subject to individual income tax in China. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says it breaks her heart to see talk of Hong Kong independence on university campuses. She criticised student leaders who call for independence at opening ceremony speeches for the new academic year. Mrs Lam said such speeches are unfair to other students because, as far as she knew, only a very small number of people hold these views. CE also called for universities and other students to speak up if they see anything unreasonable or illegal going on. But the University of Hong Kong's Student Union president says it's for students and university staff to decide whether Hong Kong independence should be discussed on campus. Davin Wong says the views of government officials won't affect their decision. His comment comes after officials yesterday criticised the notion of Hong Kong independence and warned against raising the issue on campuses and in schools. I think what the government said should not be what we should be considering when we are talking about Hong Kong independence. I think whether or not we should discuss uh, Hong Kong independence in campus should depend on where the students or teaching staff or anybody in uh, the university wants to talk about it. So I would not say that the government stance will affect our discussion on Hong Kong independence. The Eastern Magistracy has transferred a corruption case involving the former Deputy Secretary for Economic Development and Labour, Wilson Fong, to the District Court. He faces one count of a public servant accepting an advantage and misconduct in public office. Jimmy Choi has details. Mr Fong is accused of accepting $510,000 from businesswoman Cheyenne Chan as a reward for being favourably disposed to her and her three companies in 2014, and then using the money as a deposit to buy a property on Robinson Road. The 55-year-old former official was responsible for duties such as air service negotiations, destination of carriers and allocation of air traffic rights. Ms Chen was a director of three helicopter and airline companies and faces the charge of offering an advantage to a public servant. The two are scheduled to appear in district court for a plea on September the 18th. The defendants were granted bail on the condition that Mr Fong pay $100,000 and Ms Chen paying $80,000. More than 600 flights have been cancelled in Japan after the strongest typhoon in 25 years made landfall. Evacuation advisories have been issued for more than 300,000 people, including 280,000 in the port city of Kobe. Typhoon Jebi is packing winds of up to 216 kilometres per hour. A veteran North Korean official who was in charge of developing the, its nuclear weapons and missiles has died. State-run CNC... KCNA news agency said Ju Kyu Chang died on Monday at the age of 89 from a blood disease. Described him as an elder revolutionary who made a distinguished contribution to the strengthening of the country's defence capabilities. President Trump has warned the Syrian government and its Russian and Iranian allies that hundreds of thousands of people could be killed if they attack the region of Idlib. It's the last major rebel stronghold in the country. The BBC's Warren Bull reports. Donald Trump said Russia and Iran would be making a grave humanitarian mistake if they took part in what he called this potential human tragedy. Don't let that happen, he tweeted. 
Mr. Trump's comments come as the Syrian government is preparing a major offensive on Idlib, which is held by various militant groups, many of which have been driven out of other parts of the country. Earlier on Monday, the Iranian Foreign Minister Mohammad Javad Zarif said what he called the remaining terrorists in Idlib should be cleaned out. The sports giant Nike says its latest advertising campaign will feature Colin Kaepernick, the former American football player who led a protest against police racism and violence. From Los Angeles, here's the BBC's David Willis. Colin Kaepernick took the decision to kneel during the playing of the Star-Spangled Banner in protest at police brutality towards African Americans. The move sparked a campaign which extended to other major American sports stars and led to strong condemnation from President Trump, who branded it disrespectful. Kaepernick hasn't played since last year and is suing American football's governing body, the National Football League, claiming that he's been sidelined because of the protest. Nike, though, has kept faith with him. Beneath a picture of his face is the slogan, Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. Argentine government workers have protested for several hours in the centre of Buenos Aires against new austerity measures announced by President Mauricio Macri. The measures are aimed at halting the country's economic turmoil, which has led to a drop in its currency, the peso, to record lows. Union leaders said Mr Macri's plan to axe nearly half of the government's ministries was being introduced without regard for the hardship it would bring. But Argentinian lawmaker Eduardo Pablo Amadeo said the president was taking the right action. The worst possible situation is to run against the peso. From that you have no return. You can return from a short recession. This is going to be a recessive year, but next year will be neutral or with a limited growth. So out of the two or three possible solutions, we have taken the one that's more reasonable in terms of social, political and economic stability. Ferry workers in Greece say they'll extend a 24-hour strike that's left tourists and local people stranded between islands and the mainland. The walkout was organised by the powerful Greek Siemens Federation, which is demanding wage rises following the expiry of the country's third bailout programme last month. A conservation group says there's been a big increase in an elephant poaching in Botswana, with at least 87 killed in the last three months. Specialists with Elephants Without Borders said it coincided with disarming Botswana's anti-poaching unit. Business news and shares of iCable Communications have surged another 40% a day after the television and telecom service provider signed a deal with the Hong Kong units of China Mobile. The shares more than doubled yesterday. Short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,728, 16 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $34 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 111.08 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 16 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 9 cents. Sports now and Alistair Cook has announced his retirement from international cricket after what's been a record-breaking career. The former England captain will play his final test at the Oval against India, which starts on Friday. He's now 33 and his statistics hold up against any batsman. He scored 12,254 runs, made 32 centuries in 160 tests, all England records. 
Cook's mentor, the former England captain, Graham Gooch, says it's the end of an era. During the process of the aftermath, we're going to have the participation of museum employees. It will be a slow process so that we can, who knows, recover a fragment, something that could still have historic value. I think it's a sad day for English cricket when a great player like Alistair Cook, not only a great player but a great person as well, who's been such a role model, such a beacon for our cricket over the last 12 years, decides to call it a day. It will be very strange to see someone else walking out to open the batting for England in Test cricket because he's been there for 12 years. I think he's only missed one game and he's been a fixture. And what a great ambassador, for the, not only for English cricket but for world cricket as well. Football, the nominees for FIFA's Men's Players of the Year are out and Cristiano Ronaldo will face stiff competition from Liverpool's Mo Salah and former Real Madrid teammate Luka Modric if he is to win the award for the sixth time. Ronaldo was top scorer in last season's Champions League, which his Real Madrid side won. But Modric's exploits for Real, as well as his captaincy for a Croatia team that made it to the World Cup finals, makes him favourite for the gong. Tennis number two seed Roger Federer has been dumped out of the US Open by Australian John Millman. Millman won the pair's four-set thriller 3-6-7-5-7-6-7-6 in a match that's lasted more than three and a half hours under the lights in New York. Next up for Millman is a quarter-final clash with two-time champion Novak Djokovic. Djokovic eased into the quarterfinals at the US Open with a straightforward 6-3-6-4-6-3 victory over Portugal's João Souza in stifling heat in New York. It was much more difficult than the score indicated. Credit to João for, uh, for fighting well. He brought a lot of intensity on the court. Um, tough conditions, especially for the first hour, hour 15. Uh, really humid now and cooled down in the last 30 minutes. But, uh, you know, tough one, tough one to play. Elsewhere, Kei Nishikora outclassed Philip Kohlschreiber to reach the quarterfinals, who faces seventh seed Marin Cilic next in the rematch of the 2014 final after Cilic beat the Belgian 10th seed David Goffin 7-6, 6-2, 6-4. And now to end the news, the top stories once again. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she's expecting a lot of negative news about the Express Rail Link. Lawmakers call on officials to explain why there appears to be an additional basement at the link's West Kowloon terminus. And a local member of China's top advisory body says he and other delegates are lobbying Beijing to exclude Hong Kong people from a new tax law passed last week. And that's news from RTHK. Yeah, yeah, yeah.